Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe, metaverse, or the rainbow, and welcome to the latest episode of An Espresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, and challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you, yes you, yes especially you at the back, to be awesome, loudly and proudly. Time to grab a drink and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we're going to war. Yep, you heard me. No messing today. There is an enemy. There is an enemy out there that needs to be dealt with. This enemy exists in every single one of us. From the rich, from the famous, from Uncle Bob down the road. Everybody feels this at some time. You know those little voices that show up and say, this isn't good enough. Why are you doing this? Who cares? Nobody's going to care. Nobody cares what you've got to say. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Yeah, we've all got those stories, right? Those stories of those voices. So today, are you ready to join me as I declare war on the imposter? As I challenge those narratives and invite you to challenge your narratives with your imposter. Because today, if you're with me, today's episode is all about imposter syndrome. What it is, where it comes from, and how to say, jog on imposter, I've got this because I'm awesome. Who's with me? Yes, 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 yes. You all are amazing. This is fabulous. So I can see. So let's get to work. The inspiration for this week's episode came from some stuff I saw over the weekend. So Facebook or Meta or whatever they're bloody called now released a new app the other day to a direct rival to Twitter called Fred's. Now, as you know, if you've been following me on here for a while, I live on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there networking, getting to know people, posting content. And I saw so many posts over the weekend saying, look, I'm on Fred's. Look, I'm there. Come and follow me. Come and give me a follow. Come and give me a follow. So the whole shiny new object thing was going on and people rushed over there, set up the account. Wild West times, nobody's got a clue what's going on. Nobody knows what's what. The, the algorithm's brand new. So everything's been pushed here, there and everywhere. Complete chaos. Sounds kind of fun, actually, now I talk about it. But I had better things to do in my weekend, like being outside in the sun when it actually showed up. But the reason I'm mentioning this is because some of the posts I saw on LinkedIn were saying, well, 
I'm going over the threads because I feel like I can be myself there. And that got me thinking. And that got me thinking a lot about this perception that people carry around with them about how they should be in a certain situation or how they should show up, what parts of themselves they should show. And I know it's very, very triggering for a lot of people because, you know, take LinkedIn, for example, LinkedIn. Well, it's a professional platform, so I have to be professional. And that got me thinking. Do you? Do you really? Do you have to? Are you sure? That you you need to show up in that way, a specific way on a specific platform. And it all came down to a a quirk of nature, really, that a large number of species on this planet have. And that comes down to belonging. This sense of belonging, the sense of not standing out. And this comes from the days when we were being chased around by T-Rex. We were stronger together as a unit. And that sense of belonging informs a lot of what we do because our brain is hardwired to keep us safe. Anything that's perceived as danger immediately becomes a big deal. Now, how this plays out in the modern world is usually through the imposter, the imposter or a judge. You know, those voices, that negative self-talk. What are you doing this for? What are you doing this for? You stupid? No, don't do that. Don't do that. What will people think of you? Oh my God, no, you can't post that. No, that's far too controversial. No, if you post that, oh, people are going to hate you. Don't post that because it's not good enough and people will judge you and they will question your competence. And no, don't post that because... And so it goes on, this constant stream of negative self-talk, and it can get pretty horrible. I'm sure at some point in your life, you've had some very vicious remarks. The judge and the imposter can be pretty, pretty evil in some of the comments um, and really diminish you in what it is that you are, who you are, what you offer. And again, a lot of that often stems from that sense of belonging. Because if you do something that the imposter perceives may put you outside of that circle, whatever circle that is, that's dangerous. And say, for example, let's just follow it through to its logical conclusion. Say, for example, you did put something out and people did call you out on that and did question your competence and all of that stuff, you end up then in this big, huge feedback loop. Or at least you could end up in this big feedback loop if you choose that. If you choose to use that confirmation bias that, well, yep, I knew it would be a disaster. I knew I'd get called out. And well, look at this. I did get called out and people are calling in to question my competence. But my question to you is, are they really? Are they really calling into question your competence? Or are they engaging in debate, in discussion, 
around that area? Are they offering a different insight? Or has your content actually triggered them in some way? Because that's some stuff that they actually need to look at within themselves. And maybe even you might need to still look at within yourself. So it's not a black and white narrative. There's a lot of gray here. There's a lot of gray to explore. So let's dive into this. Let's dive into this in a little bit more depth. That negative self-talk, that self-doubt. Hello, imposter, my old friend. Because it's something, like I said, that everybody suffers from. Everybody at some point. I'm, I'm just going to share a quote from quite possibly one of the most famous actresses in the world. This is someone who's won Oscars. Someone who commands attention every time she walks onto stage, comes onto the screen. Powerful, powerful actor. Huge, amazing aura to her. And she said this in 2002. You think, why would anyone want to see me again in a movie? And I don't know how to act anyway. So why am I doing this? Meryl Streep said that in 2002. Meryl Streep, one of the most fantastic actors in the world, said that. It affects everybody. I've said in previous shows, Paul McCartney, before he performed in Glastonbury a couple of years back, freaked out about his set list. What will people think? Will they like this song? Will they just walk away? Will the crowd walk away if I don't just play the Beatles? It afflicts us all. From the top to the bottom and everywhere in between, no matter what your level of experience, your knowledge, your background, at some point, everybody gets it. But where does this come from? Where does this imposter come from? We're not born with it, are we? At least I don't think we are. But environment does play a key role. It's important to note before we do dive into this, that there is always an intention behind every behavior. In the case of the imposter, that is usually safety. As perverse as it may sound, when you've got these vicious names being thrown around your head, this ultra critical voice. The intention behind that is to keep you safe. Where that comes from, well, we'll explore some of the potentials in a second. But the term imposter syndrome was first coined back in the late 70s by a pair of clinical psychologists called Pauline Rose Clancy and Susan Inns. And I'm just going to quote them word for word here. So imposter syndrome is the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite being high performing in external objective ways. This condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or a phony and doubting their abilities. Now, it's important to highlight there 
despite being high performing in external objective ways. So just think of some of the people that you admire right now. Some of the people that you think have always got their shit together. Always getting results. Always making stuff happen. You admired them. You think they're awesome. You look up to them. But what you don't see is what's going on behind the curtain. Unless they tell people about that. The doubts, the fears, the second guessing. Freaking out when they do a launch. The way they're pacing around the room before they go on a live or host a live training session. And it doesn't matter if you've done it a hundred times. There's still that voice that can just show up out of nowhere sometimes. I mean, I know I've had that. You know, I, I did a training session last week. I knew a large portion of the audience. I knew they were open for it. I knew that they were welcoming. They were invested in what I was sharing. Yet, as I was going through it, I'm like, is this too basic? Do I need to add more? I need to add more. Yeah, I need to add more value. I need to add more value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I'll do. I'll add another 25 slides and try and fit it all into the same amount of time. Now, luckily, I caught it. Luckily, I caught those thoughts. Now, nobody saw that. What they saw was the end result. And their feedback was, yo, you were brilliant. You were awesome. You delivered a concise but heavily valuable session. They didn't see me faffing around with the, with the uh, slides. Now, it didn't take too long because, like I said, I've learned to spot this when it picks up. Because years ago, what would have happened was I would have spent probably the best part of a week changing that presentation, changing the slide deck, changing it time and time again, taking bits out, putting bits in, removing it all, starting again, doing it more, starting again, and still be freaking out about it. But that's a waste of time, a waste of energy. I knew the audience. I knew the sort of content they needed and what was expected. So I delivered that and made a point of leaving plenty of room at the end for questions. Plenty of room to elaborate points if it came up, if I noticed the audience weren't quite following or something came up as we were going through. So that was a big thing. But you see, just in that example, when you've got those internal feelings, when you've got that internal narrative that is telling you it's not good enough, you need to do more. Don't do anything because people might think you're a fraud. It's not nice. It's exhausting. And those voices can be persistent. Those voices, if you let them, if you choose to, can lead to burnout and high levels of anxiety. There's a reason that the vast majority of users on LinkedIn don't create content. We're talking about a highly competent, highly skilled, knowledgeable group of people across the world that have so much to share, so much good that they can do with the work that they do, but they don't tell anybody about it 
because hello imposter my old friend they don't think it'll be good enough they don't think that their knowledge is good enough they don't think that there's an audience there they're worried that other coaches might call them out or other people might call them out they're worried that they'll get trolled now what is in fact happening is again that fear of judgment that imposter they're scared that their identity will be attacked the people might call them out and that might call into question their competence but when you're in the imposter syndrome zone you are calling into question your competence because you are choosing to believe this narrative that you're not good enough and that just impacts your energy and how you show up so just imagine a situation where you show up you do a piece of content you post it on linkedin maybe you do a live even though you've got this voice this attitude that's constantly going around you don't think it's good enough it's not good enough it's not good enough and you keep on telling yourself it's not good enough it's not good enough it's not good enough man it's exhausting so by the time you go live you're going to be that wired that tired your body language is probably going to get defensive you're not going to look at the camera you're going to have awkward pauses you're going to be hyper vigilant looking for any shred of information that tells you you're wasting your time because that's how the brain works whatever you focus on that's where your energy and your attention goes and we're going to come back to that in a little while and explore how to change that narrative but before we do that just wanted to explore where imposter syndrome is born where it comes from and as with most things for us humans our environment plays a huge role the environment that you grew up in were you put under a lot of pressure to succeed to get huge grades to constantly be working hard that narrative will stick if you've been hearing that for many 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 years you're going to have internalized that that's going to impact your beliefs now if you think about how you reacted when you were in that you know with your parents or at school or with your peer group when you were growing up so you would have worked super super hard just to make sure you maintained your scores or exceeded your scores because the alternative was that you'd be humiliated shouted at excluded from the group for a child the belief would be well i'm not going to get any love you know maybe my parents will stop loving me if i don't succeed maybe i'll stop being popular if i fail my exams it's high stakes it's high stakes so the it's no wonder when we get to adulthood and we're running a business or we've got a high stakes interview or anything like that that we start questioning ourselves and second guessing ourselves and thinking oh shit i'm going to get called out what a waste of time i'm just not going to try you see how this creates this big huge feedback loop 
that you're constantly stuck in, like a hamster, constantly running around its wheel and non-stop. In fact, that hamster can't stop because it's a battery-operated wheel and the exit's caged. Is it any wonder so many people burn out or give up, as the case sometimes is, because they're not good enough? Now, some of that good enough narrative sometimes comes through as echoes from the past. One time we were at school, we got ridiculed. We did something wrong. We did something badly. Our teacher said, oh, God, your handwriting's terrible. Oh, you've got a funny accent when you speak French. People laughed at you when you did a presentation at school. And these echoes from the past can just keep coming through. They keep coming through and they stay with you. And you internalize them and it becomes your truth. It's like, okay, I can't speak languages because, well, one time somebody laughed at me in French class. That's quite an escalation, right? You're saying you can't do something ever because there was one time when maybe you struggled to do something. Anything that's worth doing takes time, practice, to nail, to get right, to master. If that's even possible to master anything, I'm not entirely sure it is. But that in itself can be an example of imposter syndrome. When we believe we need to keep on doing more, we need to be doing more, learning more. Because if I don't, then I'm not an expert and then people will find me out. And you can learn a lot of stuff about a lot of things. You know, in my industry, I know a lot about the psychology the technique regarding showing up and putting together messages, creating videos. Am I a videographer? Do I know loads of stuff about cameras and all of that stuff? No, I don't. And neither do I need to. If somebody needs that service, I'm just going to send them to my friend who's a videographer. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. But that takes awareness. And I know like when I was a teacher, there was this belief that I had to know all the answers because I was the teacher. And if I didn't know all the answers, well, then that would mean I'm not a very good teacher. No, you don't. I'm just going to put it out there. It's impossible to know every little thing about every subject. You can know a lot and you can know it well. But there will always be something to learn. There's always going to be areas that maybe you feel a little bit, you know, I'm not sure about. That's okay. That's an opportunity to learn. That's all good if you're doing that with a positive intention. And not because, oh my God, I've got to learn more. I'm going to learn. If I don't learn more, people are going to think I'm terrible at my job. It's a balancing act for sure. But again, Coming back to my point, I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Those echoes from the past, that belief of what you what was true in the past is true now. No. But the imposter and the judge thrive on feeding back and mirroring those stories back to you. You know, I... People used to say, oh, God, Ashley, you're no good at public speaking. 
I have a podcast now. People hire me for public speaking. In the past, though, I'd have gone, no, no, public speaking, no, not for me. I can't do that. It's not my thing. Imposter syndrome, completely in control of the narrative. As I mentioned earlier on as well, imposter syndrome can come about from social pressures. Now, this is huge now, massive, especially in our interconnected world that we live in, the online space. Literally, it's overwhelming. There is so much information coming at us. There's so much stuff we have to do. It can become extremely, extremely ay, 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 tiring and overwhelming. The fact that you feel you have to do stuff. So like for me in, in my space again, if somebody is showing up on video because they feel like they should, then that's prime, 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 prime territory for imposter syndrome. You're just going to carry so much negative energy into that because you'll start comparing yourself to other people. You'll start comparing yourself to people in your niche, the more successful people, the people that are confident on camera, the people that look really good, the attractive people, the super confident people with the great, powerful, booming voice, the people that got their shit together. And you're going to shine a light straight back at yourself going, nah, my videos ain't that good. I can't edit like that. Nah, 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 it won't be good enough. Won't be polished enough. Message won't be good enough. I waffle, I talk, I go off on tangents. Nobody wants to listen to that. I can't look at the camera. Nobody wants to look at that. My hair, my hair's a bit funny. Nobody wants the imposter. What the imposter is doing there is helping you avoid taking an action which would put you outside of your comfort zone, which is not safe. So again, even though the imposter is throwing a load of abuse and negative self-talk at you, it's trying to keep you safe. And social pressures also show up in the workplace when people are trying to push you to do an action that maybe you're not comfortable with, or maybe is a little too far outside your comfort zone at this moment in time, whatever it is. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your work group, maybe it's your friendship circle, maybe it's your industry. Those social pressures create a lot of shoulds about how you should show up, what you should be doing, all of that stuff. And it's not cool. It doesn't feel good. It feels, well, it sucks, right? And all of that, and all of that leads to, hello, imposter, my old friend. And then you throw in the sense of belonging that us humans love or don't <laughs> in some cases these days. And the imposter syndrome, and you truly are in, hello, imposter, my old friend territory. And that imposter is controlling the narrative. And it manifests into stories. I don't know everything. So therefore I'm a fraud. I won't put something out until it is perfect. I'm not going to put out a video until it's absolutely perfect. I get the perfect take. 
I'm going to do it. If Even if it takes me 500 years, I'm going to get it perfect, just right, just so. And you know what? I'm bloody stupid because I didn't figure out how to do it in one hour. Oh, my God. I'm no good with this tech stuff. What's wrong with me? I'm an idiot because I had to ask for help. You know, I had to go speak with Ashley and get him to help me with the tech. Oh, geez, that makes me an idiot. And you know what? Now I've done one. I'm going to work that much harder. I'm going to make sure my videos are that much more perfect next time. To prove that I'm good enough, that I belong here, that this is exactly where I'm meant to be, that I'm good enough. I believe I'm good enough. I do. Don't I? Don't I believe? I don't know. I'm not sure. And. Oh, God, am, am I good enough? Feedback loop. Have you been there? I know I have. I know I have. And I know people I've worked with have been there. This belief that they're not good enough. And, and their identity gets wrapped up in this narrative. That if one action goes a certain way, then they will be perceived in a certain way. And this is usually far, 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 far from the truth. But when you go down this rabbit hole, the result is burnout, procrastination, being stuck in that hamster wheel, which has now been turned onto max power. And there's some, I don't know, K-pop tunes blasting out at 11. Oh, God, that's just making me cruel. But anyway, the result is you don't express yourself truly. You don't show up effectively. You might not even show up at all. You probably won't do that video because the stakes are just too high. It's too triggering. It's too risky. Or you can say, goodbye, imposter, my old friend. Jog off, off you go, sunshine. And change the narrative. Because you know you have the power to change the world, right? Every time you show up has the power to change the world. Starting with your world. Because you are choosing a different path. You're saying goodbye echoes from the past. You are choosing you. And you are choosing to show up as you. In all your awesome glory. Not pretending to be something you're not. Not trying to be more. Not trying to be something you're not. Not punishing yourself for something you're not. You're being you and you're honoring that and you're being grateful for that. So here are some things that you can do right now and start practicing every single bloody day, every time, even if you so much as sense you're just about to hear, hello, imposter, my old friend. The moment you so much as sense that's coming. Here are some things that you can do to throw that in the bin. And the more that you do these things and practice these things on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a yearly basis, it's not going to happen overnight, people. Like I said so many times on this episode, other episodes, 
anything worth doing takes time. But the more that you do it, the more that you practice these things, the more that you take these actions. Wow. Now you are in the awesome zone. And we like flying to the awesome zone. Yes, we do. So let's change that narrative. So I'm feeling very musical today. I hope I'm not startling anyone when I when I pipe up. But <laughs> if you've listened enough now, you're probably used to the uh, the random interludes. And I'm going to own it. And that is the thing. This is me. That's a quirk of mine. Now, I could just diminish that and say, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being quirky. I'm really quirky. Nah, I'm not going to apologize for that because it's part of me. The imposter has no control here. No whatsoever. This podcast is going to come out in its glory with me singing, <laughs> doing all the random things that I do and going off on tangents. That's me. That is who I am. And I honor that. And I invite you to honor yourself. Because remember, when it comes to the imposter, you're the expert here. You belong here. Think about when you get invited to speak on a podcast, do a live, you're a guest on an interview, you're invited into a membership group to talk about whatever it is that you do. There's a reason that you've been asked to go. And that's because you know your stuff. You know your stuff. You are the expert in the room. They have invited you to share your expertise with where you are at now. Because the people that are also in the room with you are not there. They ain't there. So your simple or too easy solutions that the imposter is saying, oh, no, that's too easy. You can't share that. No, no, no. That's game changing for somebody else. You know, for example, I was in a group the other week and I just broke down how to set up the camera when you're recording a video on your smartphone. A couple of lighting tips, a couple of tips with the angles and how to use the ring light so you didn't end up with big kind of glass, <laughs> big circles in your eyes if you're wearing glasses. The reaction from the audience was, oh, my God, thank you so much, Ashley. I really needed to know that because they didn't know it. And now they do. So always remember, if you're the person leading a meeting, you're speaking, there is a reason for that. And it's because people trust that you know your stuff because you do. You are X amount of steps ahead of the other people in the room. Honor that. Be grateful for that. Celebrate that fact. Share your knowledge. Some people might. Yeah, okay, sure. Your imposter's going, yeah, well, some people might know. Yes, yeah, some people might, but not everybody will. And they might not know it to the same level that you know it. Hence the fact you've been invited to speak. So it's all about reframing that narrative. Anytime the imposter pipes up, reframe. So as I mentioned earlier, perfectionism has a habit of showing up when the imposter's in the room. 
Now, perfection does not exist. There's no such thing as the perfect post, the perfect video, the perfect interview answer. This doesn't exist. What does exist, though, are opportunities to continually take action, to practice, practice, practice. The saying goes, practice makes perfect. I don't think it does. I think practice makes competent. Practice makes confidence. Practice makes you more likely to take repeated actions and to start believing in yourself. That, for me, is worth so much more than creating something that's perceived as perfect. So next time the imposter shows up and goes, this video isn't good enough. And believe me, I've had a few of those visits over the years. Look for, challenge it. Challenge that fact. Put the video out and let the world tell you if it's good enough or not. And I guarantee you the things that you're saying are not good enough. Nobody will care about. I'm talking about things like the editing, the way you look on camera, the information you choose to share. Get it out into the world. If you are posting from a place of positive intention and you have a message that you know for a fact people need to hear because people have come to you so many times going, I don't know how to do this and post it because the message is the thing that people need to hear. The editing, that can wait. All the fancy bells and whistles, that can wait. The message is the most important thing. And by sharing that, you are giving people an opportunity to hear that message, to learn from that message. And in turn, as they read it, as they see it, as they're able to take action from that, that positions you front of mind when they are ready to start working with somebody because they trust you, because you've demonstrated your expertise. Now, again, you might have just put out the most basic post in the world, something you can do on autopilot with your eyes closed and your feet in the pool while drinking a cocktail. For somebody that doesn't have your level of expertise, you've just changed the game for them. Especially if you've delivered it in a way that's easy to follow and easy to understand. Because they just don't have your level of expertise. They haven't got your level of knowledge. So share away. And remember that every time you do that, presents an opportunity for feedback. Now, one of the things I see all the time on LinkedIn is, well, my post flopped. How? How did it flop? How did it flop specifically? Well, you know, I got 200 impressions on it. You know, I wanted to get 2,000. I wanted to get 20,000, you know. Okay, so first and foremost, you're telling me that 200 people saw your post. What's bad about 200 people seeing your post? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine that you had 200 people in a room with you. That'd be pretty, pretty special, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. I'd love that. Okay. So the numbers aren't the issue here. 
So what about your post flopped? Ah, okay. Well, maybe the message didn't quite resonate with the audience. Okay, so what do you think about the message didn't resonate with your audience? Okay, I talked a lot about me, 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 me. There wasn't any real emphasis on on them. Okay, okay, okay. And I used, you know, I used a bit too much jargon. Okay, well, that's easy enough to, that's easy enough problem to, to resolve. You know, both of those things. Next time you position it, you, you position your post in a way that makes it directly relatable to the audience and you speak in a language that meets your audience where they are at now. You could do that tomorrow. I mean, that post that you put out today, next week, rewrite it a little bit, change the language, put it out, see how it goes. How is that a failure? How is that a flop? It's an opportunity to learn. So you can choose to get curious about it or you can beat yourself up. <laughs> I know which one I choose. I choose curiosity. And I invite you to do the same. Because every time you get curious, every time you look for that feedback, you are collecting evidence against the imposter. You're weakening the imposter's control of the narrative. And that's going to be liberating. And, and on top of that, when it comes to evidence, the next time the imposter shows up and starts saying, you're not good enough, nobody cares, your content is terrible, you're no good at your job, you're an idiot, what are you talking about? Go and have a look at your recommendations and your testimonials. Go and think about times when you've had a positive impact on your clients, the people that you work with. Even the people in your personal life. Go and read those. Go and watch your testimonial videos. Go and read your old performance reviews from a job you loved. Go and read all of that stuff now. And you tell me which part of that, those recommendations, those testimonials, those glowing reviews, which part of them says that you're incompetent? doesn't does it so use that information to power you through every time you doubt yourself go and review those go and look at those and remind yourself of the times when you have done amazing work remind yourself of the results that you helped your clients achieve because that's the truth of it you are good at what you do you just maybe you're not in the habit of telling yourself that because, well, that's boastful, that's arrogant. No, 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 no. Use the other people's words if that's what the imposter's saying. They're their words. They said them about you. But on top of that, learn to celebrate your wins. Learn to celebrate your wins. Every time you have a success in your business, celebrate that win because, again, it is a vote for you. It's a vote for your confidence. And it's a vote against the imposter. You are building up that evidence. And the more that you build up that evidence. Feels good, right? Feels awesome. And the final point is I highly recommend getting some sort of support. Whatever that means. Some sort of support. Be that a mentor. 
be that part of a group, be that a coach, be that an accountability group, whatever, where you can go and share how you're feeling at that point. Whenever the imposter shows up, a place where you can go when you're doubting yourself or you've got doubts and fears before you do an event or launch a new program or start a business, people that are going to listen to you, people that are going to help you untangle and untie yourself up from that narrative of the imposter, it is worth its weight in gold. Trust me with that. I've been both sides of that conversation as a coach and as someone who's been coached or mentored in the past. It gets you out of your head, so I really can't recommend it highly enough. So on that note, that leads us into today's espresso shot of confidence. And I'm going to quote Oscar Wilde here. Be yourself because everyone else is taken. Know that you are good enough. Yes, there are always opportunities to learn. But do that because you want to, not because you have to, not because you should do, because you want to, because it lights you up, because you're curious, because it's fun. Remember that you make a difference. Every time you show up, every time you dance outside of your comfort zone, you are changing the world because you're changing yourself. You're changing your perception. You are placing a vote for you. And as a result of that, you're going to show up more and more and more as you, as the awesome individual you are in all your awesome glory. And you're going to let people know that you are there, that you're open for business, that you can support them. And that in turn helps to change their world. And when you change their world, it starts a domino effect. And all of a sudden, the possibilities are infinite. Sounds amazing, right? Wow. (laughs) Awesome. I'll let that thought percolate for a little while. And on that note, it's time to ride off into the sunset. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, wherever you are. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this to get notifications of when the next episode drops. And all that's left to say, as always, is don't forget to be awesome.